I don't recommend people just jump into assisted living, you know, if you don't have any experience with it, unless you're partnering with somebody who does. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me on these Wednesdays, as always, we got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about you, Todd? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, I'm just moving along. We've got this uh, property that, man, we're, uh, I tell you what, I was at this conference, Matt, I was at a conference in Las Vegas and it was a multifamily conference. There was a lot of people talking about, you know, kind of struggles that are happening right now, things that are going on in the market, all that kind of stuff. And overwhelmingly, the sentiment in the market was it's really hard to raise capital right now. And I couldn't agree more. Uh, we last year raised $28 million. We had zero issues raising that money. It went really quickly. This year, we've got a deal. And I'm actually think that this is one of the safest deals we've done. Very little risk to it. Um, but it's been very challenging and we're raising just over $9 million. It's been very challenging to raise that money. Um, we are, it, this is a 506C, so I can actually talk about it. So it's, it's okay. Um, but we are almost done with our capital raise finally, but it's been a long road. Uh, you know, $9 million capital raise last year, I would have told you, Matt, we will raise $9 million in about two to three days. Um, this year, it's going to be close to two months uh, to do that raise. I'm t I was talking with another guy who's at the uh, conference, and he got just barely got the deal across the finish line and had to extend it a couple times. Just barely got the deal across the finish line, but he's still raising on that deal at post-close. First time he's ever raised post-close. I was talking to another person who's been racing since 2022. They got a deal under contract in December and started their raise. And they're still raising capital to try to get that deal Ooh. across the table. So it's really interesting. Money is very scared, very nervous right now. And they're not so sure about investing uh, in real estate or really investing anywhere. But um, yeah, money's a, it's, it's a, it's a different, different deal right now. Yeah, I mean, people are just nervous because the volatility or volatility of the stock market, as well as uh, several banks that have uh, imploded. Um, so I, I, I get that, but at the same time, putting your money in real assets like real estate, it, this is a good time for that, as long as the the deal works out. Yeah, I mean, again, it's as, like you said, it's as long as the deal makes sense, and for us, uh, you know, fixed rate debt, long term, great location, great occupancy. Uh, lighter, easier value add, like it checks all the boxes, right? City that's growing, uh, city that's not growing in population, but still affordable, uh, city that hasn't seen massive rent increases like some of those other ones. Um, you know, you got some of these West coast, not, not even West coast, South and Southeast and, and, uh, Southwest, um, that have seen these massive rent increases there. Population's growing, but their rent is declining quickly. I think Austin, Texas, Phoenix, Las Vegas, um, lots of markets. Lots of those are just a couple, but they've had massive rent decreases over the last uh, year and over the last couple of months. I just saw, I don't know how accurate it is, but I just saw that Austin, Texas um, 
is 11% negative in their rents. Hmm. Wow. That's big. Yes. I think Phoenix was like seven or eight. That's really big. Um, yeah. So th there's some interesting stuff going on right now. Um, so I think that makes people nervous. Anyways, that's not what we're talking about today. Imagine that. Uh, <laughs> Matt, what are we, we going to hit on right now? Well, we're going to continue our uh, you know asset class series here. And last time we talked about large multifamily. And today we're going to be talking about senior assisted living. Awesome. So senior assisted living. So I've got several senior assisted living buildings. And I'll tell you a couple of things I've learned over the last couple of years of owning these buildings. It is a freaking different business. It is hard and it is a business. And I, I'm the last person that's, you know, look, a lot of people are like, oh, you invest in multifamily, invest in commercial real estate, it's passive. No, BS. It's not like you need to, you still need to run a business, but it's a different business. The multifamily, you know, I got a hundred unit building. I got two, maybe three uh, people that work on the building on at a daily basis. Then I've got some oversight, you know, so overall in charge of that building, you know, five, six people, right? That's it. Well, senior assisted living, I've got, you know, 100 units. If, if I got 100 units, I got probably 70 employees. Okay, so it's totally different. We're, we're managing a, it's closer to the hospitality business than it is to the multifamily business. Um, and so we have to manage people. So you got two things that are difficult, but pro probably more, quite frankly, you've got three things, I, I would say. Um, you've got the healthcare side. Okay. So you got healthcare for vulnerable adults, um, that, you know, they, they have real services, real needs. Okay. You've got, um, the government to deal with. So you've, you've, have to stay in compliance at all times. And that might sound easy, but it sometimes it can be challenging. And then you've got staffing. And one of the ways you can get out of compliance is not have good staffing or enough staffing. So, and we've had a staffing shortage for the last couple of years, especially over the last 2022 was a horrendous year for staffing. Very difficult to staff these buildings. So we've had a lot of staffing issues. Um, we've had it to where we've gotten buildings out of compliance because of the lack of staff at the buildings. When you get a building out of compliance, they don't shut it down, but they don't allow you to move new residents in and you have to continue to operate. So imagine this, you have a resident, you have a building that gets out of compliance because you got staffing issues, can't move any new residents in two or three people in your building, die four people, whatever it is. Um, all of a sudden you've got this building that you can't move people in, but he keeps on losing occupancy and you got to hire more people. You can't afford to hire more people because you're not getting any money in. So uh, that that's an issue, right? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, when I first started the business, I did not think it was going to be an easy business. I did not think at all it was going to be an easy business, but I didn't understand all the issues that were at play. And I've found out since there's, and, I, and quite frankly, probably haven't found out all the issues. There's still other issues that are at play. You're always learning. I always learn stuff new about multifamily today still. 
I always find new things that we're like, oh crap, we could have done that better. Right. Um, that that's with an easy business, but with assisted living, it's a lot bigger business. So I started off with kind of the bad or kind of the lessons learned. Um, we can continue on the, the bad, Matt, if you want to, or, or we can move on to what's good. But, um, you know, maybe if you have any thoughts of, I guess, some of the cons or some of the, the issues, maybe not even bad, just things to be aware of, we can add on to that. Otherwise, we can go to the good. Yeah, sure. So I come from a background of group home management, which is very akin to assisted living management. And, and I can say it's, uh, it's really operations heavy, much more so, like you said, than multifamily or, or many of these other types of real estate. And uh, I think the key thing, the pivotal thing is, is to have a good management in place because the good manager is going to be able to attract and retain good staff and like to help bad staff you know, move on or, or to uh, make them into good staff. And that, that's really the pivotal point, you know, because if you don't have a good manager in place, then the whole place is going to spiral down pretty darn quickly. And, um, you know, the good manager will be able to keep things in compliance with the regula regulations from the government and to keep things, you know, the you know budget under control as well. So now you can break it out into between the um, you know building and the business. You don't have to own both. You know, like you and your stuff, you have both, but you can just own the building and then rent that out to businesses that run assisted living. Or you can just only have the assisted living business and rent out from somebody else. Um, but uh, you know, certainly having both gets you kind of a double dip there uh, to really maximize your profits. And uh, I, I don't recommend people just jump into assisted living, you know, if you don't have any experience with it, unless you're partnering with somebody who does like, because if you're just jumping in, like, like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, I, I did a duplex that went well. So I'm going to try assisted living now. No, you're going to fail. It's going to, you're going to go down <laughs> with a you know, big flame. So uh, you, you got to do it with people who know what they're doing. I got a, an email or a text message sent to me about a, group that is buying um they're 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 buying like a nursing home facility and that's even that's even more difficult and challenging um now they maybe have the experience i don't know i didn't dig into it but that is a completely different thing so if you're thinking about getting into assisted living we're thinking about getting to senior housing i should say there's several different avenues you can go if you have no experience or very little experience Start with the easiest, which is going to be independent living, 55 plus, okay? You might have some, a little bit more staff and maybe have a little bit of medical care, but it's going to be limited, right? And once that medical care becomes uh, a little higher needs medical care, that person then moves to assisted living or memory care, okay? So if that's what you're going to get in with very little experience, that's okay. I would, I would say start with the independent 55 plus living where you've got very little, if, if not, maybe, uh, services. Okay. Then the next would be low acuity assisted living where these people are older. They want to live in a group home situation, but they don't have a lot of medical needs. Okay. That would be the next kind of step as far as difficulty. And then you have higher acuity assisted living, and then you've got memory care, and then you've got nursing facilities, right? Nursing homes. Those all become 
much more difficult as you go down and have higher, higher needs and have the government, quite frankly, the they're in your business more because now you're caring for vulnerable adults and they really want to make sure you are compliant and you're doing your job. And it's really, really, quite frankly, you know, I, my business partner was kind of complaining the other day about it. I'm like, look, I get it. It's annoying, but do you want grandma to be in a place that is not, you know, up to, up to snuff? Like I don't. So I get it. Like it's, it's annoying that they can, the compliance can be annoying and it can be frustrating, but it's there for a reason. It's there because there's been so much abuse in the industry when there wasn't that regulation that now there's probably maybe a little bit too much regulation, but the abuse still happens. And so it has to be there. It's not going to go away. So you have to understand that, that that's, that's there. It's just part of the business. If you're not okay with it, then don't do it. Exactly. You've got a lot of responsibility for people's lives, uh, you know, when you're running a assisted living. So that, again, that's why having the good manager in place who, you know, likes the rules and like it can keep on top of the regulations because falling out of compliance, it's harder to catch up, but staying in compliance, it's much easier. Yeah. Um, so, and we've, we, we got out of compliance in several buildings uh, this year and now we've got put in place compliance checks and we do random compliance checks throughout the year to make sure our buildings are in compliance. So they are, these compliance checks are pulled randomly. Essentially it's out of a hat, not quite that, but, but they're very randomly. Nobody knows about them until they, until they happen. Uh, nobody on site knows about them. Right. And so then on site, it's a, it's a self audit. Um, you know, in within our company, but we're making sure everything's compliant, like the state was actually coming on. So the state's only going to be there, you know, likely once a year, unless you're a, a, a habitual non-compliant building. The state's only going to be there once a year, but we want to make sure, you know, three, four, five times a year that we are in compliant so that at any point in time, if the state comes and does not it, that we're good. And the state will come more if, Let's say a resident complains and sometimes, you know, if you own multifamily, you know, residents will sometimes randomly will complain to the city and oh, I got a maintenance issue going on. And it's like, well, you didn't even tell us about the maintenance issue. Why didn't you tell us about the maintenance <laughs> issue? Well, I had a property in, in Kentucky that the, the residents would literally call the city and go, Hey, we got a leaky pipe. It's like, why didn't you report to us? You got a leaky pipe. <laughs> So the city would come out and they would slap a correction order on us. And I'm like, well, thanks. Cause we didn't know about this because the resident never told us about it. But so that happens. And so sometimes the, the state will randomly come out because a resident will be like, so such and such is happening. And so they got to come out and investigate it. And it's like, well, they didn't tell us that they had a, you know, they had a toilet that wouldn't flush. Like we didn't know, but so you got to be ready um, for it. So that's anyway, where those so checklists. That's where those checklists come into play because then you're you're like checking on stuff regularly and and you know you notice stuff sooner rather than later. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, you got you gotta always be on top of it. And that's that, you know, we get you look, you get a lot of staff and your staff are needed, but quite frankly, your staff aren't needed at all times. Okay. So that's the that's the thing is if you realize that your staff are there, they're working an eight-hour shift. 
they are critical to be there because of the care, right? But they're not busy all eight hours. They have some downtime. And some of that downtime can be utilized by just walking through a checklist, you know, or doing small things that still need to get done um, that are important, but simple things, right? Uh, let's talk about the good, Matt, with assisted living and, and investing in assisted living buildings. And we'll talk about the different ways you can uh, become a part of assisted living um, asset too. Yes, indeed. I mean, this is a fantastic time to invest in senior assisted living with the silver tsunami coming of uh, baby boomers. They're almost at that point where they need that extra level of care. And the number of units available right now is not near what the demand will be over the coming years. So if you can buy it right and, and operate it right, you're going to make a lot of money. And I think that's key that you said. It The number of units right now that are available is enough or depending on your market, more than enough. Okay. So there's some markets where it's, we're actually oversaturated. Other markets were maybe, you know, perfectly supplied or maybe even a little slightly undersupplied, but there's no markets where we're vastly undersupplied right now that I'm aware of at least. But what you said with this silver tsunami coming is exactly a, these baby boomers are going to start moving into these assisted living properties very quickly here. And then we're going to be drastically undersupplied and there's at least right now there's no way we're going to be close to what we need um so there's going to be need a big need for building uh these these buildings within three to five years within three to five years so if you can get in for a good price and understand that look you got three to five years to be able to operate the way it is and then you're going to be in a totally different market. That's man, there, there's a lot of profit there that's going to be made um, or can be made to good operators. Yeah. And you can charge a lot more, you know, another benefit is that you can charge a lot more per person than you could with uh, you know, multifamily, for example. So our average um, resident comes in about $4,500 if, um, well, and it, it, you know, again, state dependent, location dependent, all that care dependent, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, if you're doing private pay, you might be, you might be charging eight, 10, 12 grand a month. Okay. So it's, there's a, there's a big amount of money that you can charge. You can, you've got high expenses because we've got a lot of staff. We've got a lot of care. We've got a lot of things. So it's not like you're making it all in profit, but there is a good amount of profit there. The cash flow, this is a cash flow heavy business. Um, you know, it's the, the margins are around 20%. So it's not huge margins, but you're talking a lot of big dollars. So the margins add up uh, pretty, con pretty, pretty quickly. And so it's really not unheard of for operators to be making 20% cash on cash return or greater. Which is certainly very nice. Which is not bad, right? And I think because of what, Matt, you mentioned earlier with the silver tsunami and the, the need for senior housing is that you're going to see cap rates compress. And, and so I think that that's an industry that is ripe for more, uh, less mom and pa, 
and more professional operations. And so I think it's an industry that's ripe for investors to come into and, uh, and, and profit from, which means that cap rates will compress and, uh, and, and your sale price will go up for sure. Yep. I so mean- the, the other thing, um, you know, that I really like is it's more of a recession resistant investment than any other investment out there that I know of. And, and the reason there's a couple of reasons. One reason is rents don't go down typically. Okay. Now COVID was a recession kind of, but it was a medical recession. So the reason why COVID was so hard on senior housing is because that's exactly what COVID affected was seniors. Right. And it affected senior housing because you couldn't move people in, you know, all that kind of stuff. But when a normal recession happens, the pricing doesn't go down. The, the, the last, think of the last recession, rents were still going up one to 3%. Okay. During that time where rents everywhere else were going down, vacancies were going up, vacancies didn't really change during the last recession. The other thing that happens, and this is really, really good, is that people in a in a really good times, they will go get a job as a realtor, they'll quit their job, they'll whatever. They just aren't doing the same thing potentially. Well, when a recession happens and everybody's getting laid off, where do they go? They go back to the industry that they're familiar with. And so all of a sudden we have this big medical shortage, a big shortage in the medical industry, and, and we no longer have one during a recession. And so I think that's going to be a huge benefit is that we're going to likely see a good amount of people coming back into the industry if we have a recession, when we have a recession, and that'll help that'll help things out. I hear you. you know, when I was managing group homes, you know, after the or you know, at the end of the last recession, I was like, man, I'm getting all these college educated people to do direct care. <laughs> this is great. It's like high quality people that are coming in for very, mm-hmm. you know, little wage compared to what they should be, but uh, it's the recession. So whatever. They're going to get what they can get. And we've got the jobs, right? Mm-hmm. We've got the jobs. We just because a recession happens doesn't mean we can stop taking care of of adults, right? We still have to take care of them. So we still have the jobs. Um and, and we can we can fill those jobs. So that that's a big benefit, in my opinion, is is a very recession uh friendly uh investment. Yes, indeed. What else? Anything else, Matt, that you like about it? Um, I mean, I guess those are the main points. And I mean, also, I guess one other thing I would say is I have a great need in my life to make the world a better place. And with this kind of care that you're providing for people, you can see firsthand that you're making a difference in these people's lives. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's a an industry. I think you can see the impact on a, on a daily basis. You can see the impact that you're making in the in the lives that you're affecting all the time. So yeah, def- definitely a business that feels good. Not only is has the potential to be profitable, it also feels good. Yep. Cool. All right, man. Well, the um, senior assisted living, look, you heard it from Matt. You heard it from me. It's a great industry to get into. Just make sure you're either partnering with somebody that has a lot of experience or, or 
you start like 55 plus. Oh, Matt, wait a second. We're just about to wrap. I was going to tell people how they can get involved in the business. We totally missed that. <laughs> Look, we'll make it quick because I just said we were going to wrap up. So, you know, we'll make it quick. We won't we won't keep you hanging for too long. Look, there's a couple different ways you can invest in senior assisted living. Of course, you can, you can invest passively like you can invest in any other asset through like a syndication, something like that. But if you're going to do it, uh, yourself, you can you can buy a building and do a triple net lease. Okay, that's definitely not really getting into the senior industry. Kind of is, but it's it's not really right. You're just you're buying a building and you're triple net leasing out to a company. They're doing all the profits. You're not going to make margin on what they're making. Uh, you might be able to write a small something small into the contract where you JV have a little JV chunk out of it or something like that. But for the most part, you know you're getting let's call it 20 bucks a square foot. Uh, and that's it. Right. So that's, that's one way. The second way is you buy it and you hire a third party property manager. Okay. Third party property manager. Think of uh, multifamily, very similar, similar way. Okay. Third way is that you actually are the one running it. Okay. Probably the most profitable way or is the most profitable way, but definitely the most difficult way to get into it because you have to now know the operations and how things need to happen on a daily basis and compliance and all that kind of stuff. So those are really the, the couple different ways to get into uh, assisted living. Each one has its own pros and each one has its own cons. Um, obviously pro number one for, for the triple net lease is you don't have to worry about operations. You have to worry about the operator, make sure they're a good operator, but you don't have to worry about the operations so that's out of sight, out of mind. Uh, con is you've got no profit upside, right? Um, the third-party property management, you got to make sure you got a good third-party property management. We had a terrible one recently and we had to fire them and uh, that hurt. And so you got to make sure you've got a very good, competent third-party property management company. But the benefit is, again, you don't have to run it. Uh, you have to asset manage them, but you don't have to run it. And then the last is doing it yourself. And obviously the con is that you have to, you're in charge. You have to make sure you're compliant, doing everything right. All the day to day. Uh, but the benefit is you get all the upside and you get to control it. You get to make sure that it's being operated the way you expect operations to happen. And these properties come in all shapes and sizes as well. Like as little as a single family house with like four bedrooms or all the way up to hundreds of beds in a, a big building. So yeah. you can start where, where it makes sense for you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Cool, man. Well, that's a wrap on uh, assisted living, Matt, or, or senior housing, really. Uh, you have a fantastic rest of the day. Make every day Saturday. Thanks. You too. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe, uh, give us a thumbs up, go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So 
the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to venturedproperties.com, venturedproperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like, uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out. And, uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.